Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. Not only have I been the owner of Mint Mobile for the last few years, I've also been a customer. I don't know if you knew this, but anyone can get the same premium wireless for $15 a month plan that I've been enjoying. It's not just for celebrities, so do like I did and have one of your assistant's assistants switch you to Mint Mobile today. I'm told it's super easy to do at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. Not only have I been the owner of Mint Mobile for the last few years, I've also been a customer. I don't know if you knew this, but anyone can get the same premium wireless for $15 a month plan that I've been enjoying. It's not just for celebrities, so do like I did and have one of your assistant's assistants switch you to Mint Mobile today. I'm told it's super easy to do at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com offer 23. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at H&M.com. Their emotions are thousand percent valid. They are. And what they're experiencing is true for them. This is true for them. You want your kids to open up and talk to you? Don't judge, don't criticize. girl, imagine a life where you feel supported, connected, and understood. I get it. Being a mom is hard, especially when you're spinning so many plates. We exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family. 
You deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings. On this podcast, I provide practical and relatable life experiences. I teach women quick and easy to use strategies to help them reclaim their identity, reignite their marriage, and enjoy their children. If you're ready to be challenged, then pull up a chair, grab a pen and paper, because it's about to go down. I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. I'm not sure exactly what changed, but I noticed she was sleeping a lot. She was listening to a lot of depressed music. She wanted to be in her room all day. I thought she was just being a teenager. She was on her phone constantly, but the people she was on the phone with, I don't know, I just I just had this gut feeling that they weren't healthy for her. And I just had a whole bunch of mixed emotions, but I didn't know what to do. She asked me to go to therapy, but I thought, well, why isn't it something we can solve as a family? We're a good family. So I began to just ask her a whole bunch of questions like, is everything okay? And she just kind of brushed me off. And I would ask her, you know, what can I do to help? And again, she would just brush me off. And it was just so frustrating because here I am trying to help her and she has a good family. So what's the problem? There is no problem. Is this just a phase? Should I just ignore this? I don't know what to do. And a therapist really not right now. It's not that bad. I mean, yeah, she's sleeping and yeah, she's in her room all day, but it's just a phase, right? Mama, I'm going to tell you right now, depression is common among adolescents worldwide, affecting an estimated four to five percent of adolescents each year. It can lead to serious social and educational difficulties and is also a major risk factor for suicide. Despite effective treatments, only about one in four youth with depression receive treatment. There are effective ways to prevent youth depression, yet few at-risk youths have access to prevention services. That's something I gathered from um, psychiatry.org. I'm going to go over depression symptoms, and I'm going to tell you right now, they can vary, but I definitely want to educate you because this is a story I hear often, and there are far too many teens that are left untreated when in reality, they need help right off the bat. And most of the time when kids come into my office, it's already been it's already been at least a year that they've been struggling with these symptoms and their depression has only gotten worse. Although they've done everything they can to try to maintain it, try to self-soothe, they felt discouraged in the process. And not only did the teen feel this way, but also the family members. So here are signs of, or I'm sorry, symptoms of depression. Feeling sad or having a depressed mood. Loss of interest or pleasure in activities, changes in appetite, trouble sleeping or sleeping too much, loss of energy or increased fatigue, increase in purposeless physical activity, slowed movements and speech, 
feeling worthless or guilty, difficulty thinking, concentrating, or making decisions, thoughts of death or suicide. What parents may notice in their teen. I read this article from familyaware.org and I totally appreciated the breakdown. So I'm going to go ahead and share it with you guys. For parents, you might notice your teen is irritable or has a cranky mood. There's a preoccupation with song lyrics that suggest life is meaningless. Loss of interest in sports or other activities. Withdrawal from friends and family. Relationship problems. There might be a failure to gain weight as normally expected. Excessive late night TV. Having difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep. Having trouble getting up in the morning. Inability to sit still. Taking a long time to complete normal tasks. Pacing back and forth or excessive repetition of behaviors, social withdrawal, napping, withdrawal from usual activities, boredom, making critical comments about themselves, having behavior problems at home or school, being overly sensitive to rejection, poor performance at school, a drop in grades, frequent absences, frequent complaints of physical pain, headache, stomach ache, writing about death, giving away favorite belongings, making statements like, you'd be better without me. What I find that is highly common in teenagers is depression during puberty. Depression is one of the most frequent mental health illnesses, experiences that most teenagers will experience. When you suffer from depression, your brain is physically changed. Research by the National Institutes of Health shows that you lose gray matter volume, also known as GMV. When you suffer from depression, this loss is caused by parts of your brain shrinking due to the hormonal cortisol impeding the growth of your brain cells. The more serious depression a person suffers, the more GMV they lose. Since GMV contains most of your neurons or nerve cells, Slowed growth means that your cognitive capabilities are at complete risk of impairment. Listen, as a parent raising teenage kids, you may be alarmed at the growing cases of teenage depression reported in the news, heard by your kids, or even their friends. Depression can hit anyone, whether it being a teenager or adult. But a teenager may be more prone to depression because of the family history, trauma, stress and abuse, peer pressure to fit in, and stressful subjects in school. Overscheduling and academic pressure can be a significant source of stress. I know, personally, I have three girls. And even as a clinician, it is very difficult to be there for our kids. And I know it's like, what do you mean be there for your kids? Be there for our kids in the manner they need us to be. Right away, we want to fix. Right away, we want to take away whatever pain they're having. We want them to snap out of it. We want them to stop feeling this way. And then all of these insecurities come up for us as a parent. Am I not doing enough? What am I not doing enough of? And I can't tell you how many parents will tell me, well, they have, way, I, they have way better parents than I had. I had shitty parents and my parents didn't even help me. And in addition to that, they weren't even around. They didn't help me with school and I figured it out. 
Why can't my kid figure it out? It's this generation. It's totally this generation. And the truth is, the truth is, it's not this generation. I want you to think about how how often you were invalidated as a kid. How often were you told to suck it up? And yes, you did the best you could with what you had. And you did for so many, in so many ways, you did figure it out. But where did that leave you? That left you repeating this dysfunctional, unhealthy, cyclical cycle of invalidation and suppressing emotions. I can't tell you how many parents come into my office feeling completely discouraged. Let me tell you why you're feeling discouraged. Because this is something you can't fix. This is something that requires professional help. And I know it's so hard, especially with the stigma of our kids going into therapy. You know, if I was to say out loud, my daughter's in therapy, my son's in therapy, how would other people perceive me? Well, they would perceive me as a really bad parent. Your daughter, your son's in therapy. What? Why are they in therapy? You know, you guys seem to be a good family. And then there's that look of question in their face. And then all of these, all of these feelings of guilt, of not being a good enough parent, all of those feelings come up, which is exactly why we don't put our kids in therapy, which is exactly why our teens will continue to be depressed. And it'll go from mild depression to high level of depression. Right now, we are seeing a high number of how many teens are cutting, how many teens are engaging in self-harm, how many teens are failing, not only in school, but being able to socialize. And if some of the symptoms I just read out loud If some of these symptoms, you're like, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. My teen's struggling with all of these. Oh my gosh, yes. If it's starting to to induce this sense of panic, it should. And I hate to be straight up with you, but it should. And here's why. Because I, I, there are so many parents that come into my office and they tell me with their teen sitting right there, My daughter wanted help a year ago, but I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And now she's cutting. My daughter wanted help six months ago, but I didn't think it was that bad. And now I can't get her out of her room. She doesn't even take showers. Why aren't we listening to our kids? I'll tell you why. Because the minute our kids ask for help, we try to fix it. And we're under the impression that we're not enough. And that's not true. It's not that you're not enough. It's not that you're a bad parent. It's not that you suck, right? It's not any of those things. Or you're parenting the same way your, your, your parents parented you as a kid. I get it. You're providing them with better help. I get it. You're providing them with a better environment. And yet we're still here. Maybe we need to learn new skills, skills that you weren't taught as a kid. Maybe you needed help, but you were denied. And so you suppress your own emotions and you model this for your kid. I get it. I'm a mother of three girls and I feel like whenever I can't help them, I feel, I do, I feel this, this insecurity is exposed and I, I struggle with that insecurity because I really do just like you try to be an exceptional mother. And my husband does the same thing. And yet when our kids present us with the problem, I want to do everything 
that's the opposite of what I know I need to do as a clinician, right? I know as a clinician, a parent should do all of these things, or it would be beneficial if a parent did all of these things. And I'm going to be honest with you. There are times I don't want to do all of those things because I just want to take that pain away. Or there's the other part. I don't want to admit that I don't know how to fix this. I don't want to admit that maybe I need help. Maybe my kids need more than me. I want to be the person my kids come to. I want to be the person that knows their deepest, darkest secrets. I want to be that person. And if I'm not that person, then every insecurity of me being a mom comes up and I don't know how to deal with that feeling. And that's okay. It's sitting in that discomfort. It's doing something different to meet the needs of our kids. So I have included five tips on how to parent a depressed teen. Go ahead and grab that pen and paper out, mama, because you're going to need it. Tip number one. Listen to understand. Listen to understand. Try to refrain from fixing. I know as a parent, we want to find out why they are depressed so we can fix the problem. Do not ask this as they might not know the answer, and this may only trigger more feelings of unworthiness. Ask open-ended questions like, how are you feeling? Tell me more. This is where... You are being curious, listening to understand, not to fix. You don't want to ask them, why are you depressed? You have, so, you have your mom, you have your dad here, you have everything. I mean, we're good parents. We're, we sit down and do homework with you. You know, I make you breakfast. When you were a kid, I would read you bedtime stories. We are here for you. And that's not that's not the same thing I could say for my mom. My mom and my dad were not here for me. We have to be depressed about. Don't do that. Do not do that. And the only reason why I'm saying don't do that is because guess what? That only increases their level of frustration because to be honest, most of the kids that come to my office don't know why they're depressed. And there's so much guilt, so much guilt. I have the perfect parents. Why am I feeling this way? I don't belong. I don't belong. And why can't I put words to what I'm feeling? I don't understand this. They don't understand it either. And it's catching them off guard and they want it to change. They want it to change so desperately, but they don't know how. And it's this feeling that overcomes them. They don't know how to self-regulate. And they don't know how to communicate all of these things that is happening to them. And they do feel worthless. And so you reminding them of all of the great things they have in their life and how you're a better parent than your parents, that's not going to help them. That's only going to make matters worse. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's all you. That is a thousand percent. Yes, I'm calling you out. That is all you because you're trying to push your agenda on them. You're trying to say you should feel better because of how great I am. And I understand that that consciously is not your intent. 
However, that is not how it's presented. And so pull back, pull back. I know it's hard and you want to fix this problem, but I'm going to tell you right now, sit down because this is not a problem you could fix. We may need professional help, especially if your kids are asking for therapy. Give it to them. Give it to them. I get you have your insecurities. Mama will figure that out on another episode. But right now, this episode is entirely based on our teens. And it's entirely based on our teens because the amount of teens we are seeing in my office is through the roof. Through the roof. I have to hire another clinician to make room for the clients that we're getting. They're all teens. All of them are teens. I know looking for the right therapist can be challenging. However, feeling overwhelmed and disconnected is even harder. Life is filled with several twists and turns, some more severe than others. We do our best to handle them as they come and find ourselves at a loss, not knowing what to do or who to turn to. The clinicians here at Outside the Norm Counseling are here to help. We are here to assist you through this time of need. Together, we will identify your strengths and goals and teach you healthy coping skills. Together, we will develop a plan to help you live the life you want to live. Our team is compassionate, genuine, and we take a great deal of pride in providing an empathetic, non-judgmental approach to all of our clients. It's time you've waited long enough, whether it be for you, your child, or if you're in need of a couple session. We are highly trained clinicians ready to guide you. Schedule an appointment now by calling 951-395-3288. Again, that number is 951-395-3288. We're looking forward to meeting you and being a part of your journey. From a parent to a parent, tip number one, Listen to understand. Let's go to tip number two. Don't judge or criticize. Be open-minded. Let me give you some examples. This is just a phase. You're going to be okay. Mama, Papa, I'm going to tell you right now. No, it's not. Untreated depression can last for up to nine months if left untreated, probably longer. I'm going to tell you right now, I've seen it longer and it continues to become more and more severe. Don't do this to your kid. Another form of judgment or criticism is snap out of it. Snap out of it. Really? Get up. Get up. Get out of bed. You're being lazy. Get your ass up. What are you doing? Uh Uh-uh. You're not going to be on the phone all day. You're not going to be in your room all day. Take a shower. You stink. You stink. You're okay being in the same clothes you wore yesterday? The hell is wrong with you? Uh Uh-uh. You're going to get up? You are going to take a shower? Uh Uh-uh. What do you mean you're not feeling like going to school? Really? It's too hard? You can't concentrate? What? You're struggling to stay up in school? Well, that's because you're up all night. Maybe if you weren't up all night, you'd be able to have sufficient amount of sleep. What? You have a bunch of thoughts? What are the thoughts about? Oh, God, please. 
Try paying bills. Try going to work. Try doing everything I do. Uh-uh. I'm going to tell you right now that judgment, that criticism is not going to help. It is very important to be open-minded. This is where that listen to understand also comes into play. I get it is hard. I get your struggle was probably in your mind way worse than what your kid is experiencing. But we got to remember our kids aren't experiencing that safe, same lifestyle. Let me give you an example. When my kids are struggling, and this is just struggling with life or whatever came up, right? Um, bullying or whatever. I remember thinking, are you, are you for real right now? Are you for real? There were times my mom or my dad told me not to say certain things in my house because our phones were tapped. There were times where I literally watched somebody get their butt whipped because they were jumped in a gang. There were times there were people in our house that I didn't necessarily feel safe around because I didn't know what crimes they committed and what drugs they were on. There were times when I was in the car with my dad, who was driving high as a kite on our way to Big Bear or Julian. And you know, those roads are crazy as hell. I figured it out. I figured it out. Right? That's exactly what we want to tell our kids. But the truth is, my daughters have never had a gang member as a father or somebody who struggled with addiction as a father. They didn't have that. They didn't have that. They didn't have a mother that was married to somebody that was in a gang or struggling with addiction. They didn't have that. Their emotions are a thousand percent valid. They are. And what they're experiencing is true for them. This is true for them. You want your kids to open up and talk to you? Don't judge. Don't criticize. The next step, control your emotions. Control your emotions. I recognize that your emotions were invalidated as a kid. I get that. I get you were told to suck it up. I get you were told this is just a phase. However, you expressing this great amount of anger, yelling, trying to go ahead and pull your kid out of it by invalidating their emotions is not going to help. It's not going to help. And so instead, be aware of where you're at with your emotions and control them. If that's hard for you, guess what? I know a therapist that can help you because those emotions you've been running from for a very, very long time. And what you're attempting to do, I'm going to call you out. I know you're not going to like it, but exactly what you did and what you're doing right now, trying to run away from emotions is the exact behavior you are modeling for your kids. And it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Suppressing your emotions, avoiding them, running away from them is not going to help. Guess what? Your body keeps score. It doesn't forget. It doesn't forget. And so if you're feeling all of these ways, it is very important that you open up. You have conversations. 
and you talk about it. Maybe not with your kid because it's your kid's turn to go ahead and communicate, but maybe you need to go ahead and talk to a therapist. Be aware of what emotions you're experiencing. Do not allow your emotions to take over. The minute your emotions take over, guess what? Your kids stop listening to you. Your kids stop listening to you and they have shut down. And that's not okay. That's not cool at all. Next step, tip number four, validate their emotions. You don't have to agree. Do not talk about yourself and compare. Help your child identify their feelings. If your kid tells you, mom, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Hey, I had no idea you were feeling overwhelmed. Tell me, tell me more. What other feelings are you experiencing? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just feel heavy. I mean, is is heavy the word? I don't, I don't know, mom. I just. I don't, I don't understand it. Validation looks like, oh, right now you're feeling overwhelmed. Right now you're feeling heavy. Is that correct? Yes. Ah, okay. I'm so glad you shared that with me. There are other feelings and, and if you're open to it, I'd like to show you a feelings wheel. I'm going to tell you right now, I love the feelings wheel. There are some times where a kid might be experiencing a whole bunch of feelings that they're not really sure how to identify or term it. And so I'm going to give you the feelings wheel. I refer to this often because I absolutely love it. Feelingswheel.com. It is a great Great, great chart. I would put it up on your fridge. I'm just saying. I would definitely put it up on your fridge. And it's Jeffrey Roberts who created this feelings chart. It's a great chart. Um, but yeah, I whenever you guys are having conversations, you know, I understand there's a lot of emotions. And you get to, as a parent, help your child identify their feelings. You're not gonna identify the feelings for them. You can show them this chart. You know, I, I really want to help you with this. Help me understand, right? How are you feeling? And you can pass them this feelings chart. This is in no way fixing because you're not taking away that feeling from them. But instead, you're developing this true understanding of what your kid is experiencing as best as they can communicate it, okay? And again, all of the tips that I gave you, Listen to understand. The minute your kid says, you know, I'm feeling ridiculed and disrespected. If you think in your head, wait a minute, ridiculed and disrespected, who the hell are you ridiculed and disrespected by? You just got an argument with your dad and your dad didn't ridicule you or disrespect you. He disciplined you, right? If that comes up, stick away, stick away. And it's not that we're giving our kids a free pass. If our kid is struggling with depression, there are a lot of things that they're going to start personalizing. 
and their ability to think rationally is a bit skewed. So this isn't where you're going to go back and forth with them. They're identifying their emotions. Just because they're identifying their emotions does not mean you have to agree with them. It's not like you're agreeing with everything they're saying. This isn't on this isn't where you're agreeing, you're disagreeing and you're saying it out loud. No. You're teaching your child how to identify their emotions. And not only are you validating them, you are also teaching them how to self-validate, which is key. That is key. When your child, your teen is able to go ahead and pinpoint what they're experiencing, that helps them with communicating and developing this better understanding of what they're going through. The last tip. Schedule an appointment with a therapist. Don't wait. Don't wait if your ch- especially, especially if your child is asking to seek help. Schedule the damn appointment. Schedule the appointment. It is important that your child gets the help they need. And I know you're doing everything you can as a parent. I get that. However, Even your greatest efforts as a parent is what brought us here. And I don't mean that with any disrespect, but what I'm saying is, listen, as a parent, this is the first time we've parented a depressed child. Nobody gave us a handbook, right? And then we look at the way our parents parented us. They for damn sure, you know, didn't validate, didn't listen to understand, And I know my household, my parents did not control their emotions. They didn't know how to self-regulate. That's just something they didn't know how to do. And so it is important that your kids are given hope. There are people who can help. There are people who can help. Right? And so when, what does this look like when you're talking to your team? There are people that can help. And if you're open to it, I can provide you a list of people and we can we can work on reading their bios together to see who is a perfect fit. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, yeah, mom. You know what? That's a great idea. Yeah, can can you give me a list? And wait, wait a minute. I could read their bios and I could pick my therapist? Yes. Yeah. We're going to do this together. Okay. Hope for children, for teens is so important. Here's why. They've been struggling with this feeling for a good amount of time, even prior to letting you know. But they've been trying to go ahead and do this on their own. And they've been trying to do this on their own because they don't want to be a burden to you. They know you are good parents. And they feel like this is theirs and it's their fault. I can't tell you how many teens have told me, my parents are great. I don't belong. It's me. I'm the problem. My sisters, my brothers, they're good. I'm, I'm obviously the problem. They'd probably be better without me. Your kid, your child, your teen needs help. Do not wait. Now let's go ahead and go straight to it on how do we do this. 
If you are in California, I have a group practice. We would love to provide your teens, yourself, your family with the therapy they need to go ahead and get them towards recovery, right? Get them to that next step and actually live the life they want to live. We have therapists that are open to go ahead and help you as well as your family understand this. And the way teen therapy looks, how, how most of it, how, how we provide it, I should say, is when we're working with teens, initially there's the initial assessment, right? After the initial assessment, you know, you'll have, we'll have both parents as well as the teen in the room. We'll go ahead and ask questions on what's going on, you know, for you as parents, you know, what are you seeing? We'll ask the teen as well, you know, what they're experiencing. We'll also go through a whole list of questions. We'll ask the parents and um, we'll ask, also ask the teens. We'll go through informed consent, understanding confidentiality, developing that relationship with the teen so the teen understands that we are here to help them. And another key factor is it is the teen and the therapist. It is very important you allow your teen to meet with the therapist and not try to go behind your teen's back and ask therapist ask the question ask questions to their therapist how are they doing what are they doing what are you guys working on what did she say uh-uh i know you want all of those answers but in order for your teen to really trust their therapist it has to be complete confidentiality unless the teen is a threat to themselves or others unless there has been any form of abuse, that's when the therapist breaks confidentiality. But we will not reach out to you and let you know how therapy is going. We will not do that because that will break that therapeutic alliance and then we are no good to you. Instead, we will work with your team. And what I do as well as what my group practice does is we will meet with parents once a month. I will go over with the team, you know, what are they okay with me opening up to? If I feel that there are things that would be really important for their parents to know, me as well as my client, the teen, will have a discussion about it. And most of the time, the, the teen is open to sharing this information with their kid. They just needed that, that little bit of help so they understand. It's not where I'm telling on you, we're going to go through this together. I understand your parents might have some emotions towards this, you know, and we're going to go through this together. I'm going to help you. During this um, family session, parents are, you know, able to ask whatever questions they have. Um, in addition to that, I am teaching you a skill. And the reason why I'm teaching you as a family a skill is because it's very important that what I'm teaching your teenage child is implemented into the home. And you guys are using the same vocabulary. You understand what distress tolerance is. You understand what, the, what emotional regulation and distorted thoughts and distress tolerance and you know interpersonal effectiveness, right? You understand what all of those terms mean and you're able to utilize them in your home even when the teen is not in therapy. That is what's going to help your teen move forward and thrive 
which is exactly what we want. As a therapist, we do not want your teen dependent on us. We want to help them. We want to help them so they develop words to what they're experiencing. They develop that level of confidence. They develop skills. They develop the ability to go ahead and take those necessary necessary steps to truly set goals and meet them. Have healthy relationships. Identify and set boundaries for unhealthy relationships. We're looking at all of that. Being able to live intentionally. Being able to make decisions. Those are the things as a therapist we are teaching your child. Few or a loved one is interested in getting therapy for depression or anxiety. We can help. I get it. As a parent, it is hard to trust somebody else to help your child. But that's exactly why we became therapists. That's exactly why I became a therapist. It was really important for me to give a voice to those who felt voiceless. It was really important for me to help somebody understand what they were going through and truly live unapologetically. Ladies, I am super excited to just be a part of your journey. I appreciate you um, listening to this podcast episode. I understand me being a parent personally. You know, we are doing everything we can and it is hard. Let's just be honest. It is hard to be a parent. We want to do all the things and there's so many insecurities wrapped around it. But I'm going to end this podcast episode by saying, you are doing an amazing job. You are an amazing parent. The fact that you listen to this podcast all the way through is proof that you want what's best for your kid. And you will do anything in your power to go ahead and get them the help that they need. We can all use a little help in our marriage, especially when it comes to communicating. I have created a guide just for you. And guess what? It's 100% free. I will give you practical tips and easy to use strategies to apply right now. That's right, right now, today. You all know I'm a huge advocate for you mamas and I am on a mission to help you experience true connection and stress-free living. Ladies, we are setting our marriages up for success. It starts with you. You will find this freebie here in my show notes or go to empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash guide. The information I will be providing you is next level and people pay good money to get these tips that I will be giving you for free. Don't forget to share this with a friend who needs it. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. 
We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire-Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. 
I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect, deep down, that glass, or three, of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 